bitch, please. Oh, bitch, please, my ass. You want a sandwich? Dig that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Well, back in early July, college sports was turned on its head, and now I'm going to have on a guest where I can finally say my piece on the topic. Here next, here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. Here are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air conditioning as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast, prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. Yeah, yeah. Get your ass up and hurt up. Uh. Ice Cube, baby. 99, baby. back into it. I can do it, put your back into it. I can do it, put your back into it. I can do it, put your back into it. Put your back into it. Tick, tick, boom, hit me banging down these back streets. Loving black street, treated like an athlete. Life ain't a track meet. It's a marathon cemetery that a nigga gets buried on. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to JB's Low Tech Podcast. In my opening, I said there was something big that happened in college athletics, and I wanted to talk about it, but there's only one person I really wanted to talk with uh, with about it, and that was Darren Doogie Wilson of Channel 5 and Channel 45 TV Sports and Scoop Podcast. How you doing, Doogie? I'm doing okay, JB. Appreciate you having me back on the podcast. If I had anything to complain about, JB, who the heck would listen, right? <laughs> so there's no reason for me to complain because nobody would listen anyway. So all is well. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, the topic I wanted to touch was the uh, the world of college sports and how things are changing. But I guess most of all, what I wanted to touch is the change in the Big Ten which will lead us to uh, bigger and better things. What are your thoughts of UCLA and USC joining the conference? I understand where Kevin Warren is coming from, the Big Ten commissioner, former Vikings executive, somebody I've gotten to know at least a little bit, right? I mean, to have – now, I don't count a sliver of Nebraska. You know, Kevin's trying to champion this cause, J.B., that that the Big Ten now has a footprint in – Four time zones. I'm sorry, because a sliver of western Nebraska happens to be in the mountain time zone. I'm not counting that. 
But to have a footprint, Eastern time zone, Central time zone, and the Los Angeles market, to have a footprint in Chicago, in L.A., in New York to some extent, but some other big East Coast cities, I get it. It's where college athletics is going, right? Like, to me, the next domino to fall, at least for the Big Ten, J.B., is Notre Dame. Right. Like, I'm convinced. I don't know when. It still might be a couple years out. Notre Dame controls so much. You know, they don't need to jump at any one offer right this second. But I do think, inevitably, we're going to get to that point of Notre Dame joining the Big Ten. And so it's just it's not slowing down. But I get it. Like, if you can get that L.A. market, by all means. And I get it from UCLA and USC standpoint. Now, I'm not convinced UCLA was Kevin's top choice. I think in an ideal world, when he added UCLA-USC, he would have added USC-Notre Dame then. Right. Right? But, mm-hmm. you know, Notre Dame is, is going to take its time. But I'm telling you, I still think it points to them eventually joining the Big Ten. But UCLA-USC, to be able to control that L.A. market, that Los Angeles TV market, like, to me, brilliance. Like, I think it's... It's fantastic. Now, if I'm a UCLA baseball player, am I looking forward to a trip to West Lafayette, Indiana in late March? No. <laughs> but baseball doesn't matter, right? No. Softball doesn't matter, right? It's, it's all about football then you know, to some extent, basketball, right? And then everything filters in after that. But for football, I love it. I absolutely love it. Heck, you know, the, the running joke now is, you know, this will be – this will be how the Gophers get to Pasadena, right, in our <laughs> right. lifetime. That's right? true. You know, unless, unless you're my father-in-law's age, you know, unless you're in your you know, mid to late 70s, 80s, I mean, you, just, you really don't have a recollection of, of the early 60s, right? So this, this is a pathway for the Gophers to get, to get to Pasadena. But I love it. You know, I'll be curious to see how, how, the, how the divisions shake out. You know, will UCLA, USC automatically join the West Division? Does somebody from the West shift East? Do we get away from the West and the East? You know, so there's still so many questions to oh yeah to, to ask and, and see how they get answered. But, you know, just on, on the surface, if you're asking me whether I like the idea of UCLA, USC, two powerhouses, or in theory at least two powerhouses, but certainly from a, from a huge market, joining the Big Ten, when I think about that, I think it's A+. plus. I really do. Well, some of the complaints I hear from people is that, uh, oh, how is this going to affect the, the minor non-revenue uh, Olympic, whatever you want to title sports? And my, you know, my inside knowledge on this is most of those teams outside of basketball play on the weekend. They don't travel midweek. You know, rarely do they travel midweek to go play a, they don't, if they travel midweek to play a softball, baseball game, it's going to be a bus ride. It's not going to be out to UCLA. It's not going to be out to USC. Um, I am shocked that um, the move wasn't, if it wasn't uh, Notre Dame and, UC, and USC, that it wasn't USC and Oregon, because I would thought that would have brought a little bit more prestige to the conference and you know, the almighty Nike dollar, but I don't think the conference is done yet. So, because if you add Notre Dame, you got to bring somebody. And 
you watch this latest contract with the Pac-10, it's going to be less than, I would say, less than five years because there are some schools out there looking to get away. But let me ask you this question. I hear this uh, commentator on the Big Ten uh, uh, Sirius XM network keeps touting that we need to plant a flag down south in SEC country. Do you agree with that? I don't, but do you? I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do wonder about a few schools in the ACC, specifically Florida State, Miami, Clemson. What's the future for those three athletic programs? Will all three stick it out in the ACC? What is the future of the ACC five years from now? Does the SEC grab all three or just one or two? And if it's just one or two, because I'm telling you, JB, like I think at least one of those schools is going to end up in the SEC at some point. But like if, if all three don't, like, would I be interested if I were Kevin Warren, if I were some Big Ten presidents in, let's say, Miami? I would. You know, so I'm not, I'm not like, you know, pounding my fist on, on the desk in front of me saying, you need to have this footprint in, in the southeast portion of the United States. No, I'm not to that point, J.B., but I'd be very open-minded. I would. I mean, if, if you could expand to, to a big market like like Miami, and I get it. The Hurricanes are, are second, third, fourth fiddle to, to some of the pro teams down there. But if you could have some sort of footprint in the state of Florida, like I'd be, I'd be cool with that. You know, I'd have, I'd have no problem with that. But no, I, I don't know who it was specifically. Whatever analyst it was that you heard on, on Sirius Satellite Radio. Yeah, I can't you know, it, going it's, with that. But yeah, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a, you know, a necessary thing by any. Yeah, it's one of the former Buckeyes. I can't think of his name right oh, now. Oh, Ben Hartsock? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Ben does a good job. Ben Ben is a former agent. I've gotten to know Ben a little bit. He was an agent for a little bit. He represented, heck, I'd have to look in my phone. But he had a client a couple of years ago that was a Viking. But then I think he decided, I mean, being an agent is incredibly cutthroat. Right. And he's got the gift of gab. I mean, I think he does a good job. I mean, he does some in-game analyst work, right? And, and he does some of the, you know, the studio type stuff too. But, yeah, he's, he's a full-fledged media member now. I think he does a pretty good job, though. But, you know, I respectfully disagree. You know, I'm not saying it's like the worst take I've ever right. heard or anything crazy like that. But, you know, if I was, if I was talking to Ben, I would just say, no, nah, I, I respectfully disagree. And then there's another uh... – cohort of his named Anthony and I can't think of his last name now he played at the University of Iowa football and Anthony uh, Beck? No uh, it's not no. Beck um, it'll come to me but anyway he's, he's a former uh, Iowegian football player uh, African American and he Anthony Heron. Heron there you go and he I'm going to be honest with you and this gets to something that you touched earlier about uh, some prior knowledge of dealing with Kevin Warren. Um, I'm going to be honest, Doogie. I have to question some of the people who have just keep continuously piling on Kevin. I mean, the, the one decision to uh, stop playing the conference during COVID was not his choice. It was done by the presidents who were led by uh, 
the Michigan and Michigan State presidents who are both doctors and were very afraid of, you know, the long-term effect of COVID and didn't want athletes out there without knowing what was going on at the time. But Kevin took the blunt of that. Um, and I'm going to be up front. I think some of it is because guys thought they were going to lose a paycheck. And I think some of it's race-based. Your thoughts? <laughs> I just, I just, there's just too many of them that's that. A heavy just, one, JB. <laughs> just yeah, way man. too many people pounded on Kevin for one decision. Well, I agree on that. One decision. I, mean, I thought at the time yeah. Kevin was was a savvy hire, and I haven't really, because I I agree with everything you just laid about about uh, the 2020 COVID year. Uh, I don't hold that against Kevin in any way. So. Now, admittedly, bias, right? Because there right. is a little bit of a relationship, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know if I can speak objectively about, about Kevin. But, like, to me, he's been, you know, I don't want to say a godsend. Maybe that's, maybe that's a bit strong. But I think he's been an asset for the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing I've, I've looked at and said, gosh, darn, like, Kevin failed miserably on that. Now, he's getting some backlash right now for, for the TV deal, right? That, right. that the Big Ten – has been with ESPN forever. Yeah. How could you get rid of ESPN? But, like, NBC, CBS, there's still going to be this, this Fox presence, right? Mm-hmm. You still have the Big Ten Network. Like, I don't think you necessarily need ESPN, well, right? But, but I know, like, in the last, you know, 48 to 72 hours, last, you know, four, five, six days, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, JB, that, that Kev, he's received some, some backlash, right, for – for not figuring out a way to hammer out a deal with, with ESPN, but I'm not holding that against him. I'm not. So I I think he's been pretty darn good. Well, I think he's been a, a very a very good addition mm-hmm. uh, to that Big Ten front office. And, uh, you know, I'll go as far as to say I, I think they're fortunate to have him. I, I really do believe that. Well, I just wanted to ask you because I knew you had some prior insights with him, which a lot of these knuckleheads on different radio outlets and TV outlets have. No knowledge of Kevin Warren outside of his name and one decision that he was forced to announce. And um, so I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Now, the- well, I mean, I've heard, you know, I mean, I've heard, I'll, I'll tell you, JB, I mean, you know, I heard, I heard some stories over at the Vikings. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some people under him that, that wondered at times what exactly he did on a day to day basis. You know, I mean, he's, he's good at, at, you know, massaging relationships, but. You know, when it came to, to to making some tough decisions, you know, he would he would straddle at times. You know, I, I don't think he had the best relationship with every Vikings employee, but you know, when when your team CEO or whatever his official title was here, you know, just a big wig with with the Vikings. I mean, I, I don't think you need to be best friends with everybody. You know, I mean, you're probably going to rub some people the the wrong way, and I'm sure that's the case too. And in the Big Ten offices, right? That, right. You know, there might be some people that say, hey, I don't necessarily agree with him on this, this, and this. I don't agree with his leadership style, this, that, whatever. But, you know, like, I learned a long time ago, GP, like 30% of people that you come across aren't going to like you. Right. They're just not. Yeah. Right? So They're looking for a know, reason not to. As much as I like Kev, yeah. I mean, I see it on a daily basis here at, at Channel 5. I'm on this... I'm on this mass email blast list where, you know, if you email in a tip 
or you know you want something you know in in to, to our newsroom right mm-hmm. you know you, you enter in this, this certain email address and you know i end up getting the emails as do a, a handful of other people but anyway i can tell you jb like on a daily basis it's this complaint it's that complaint it's you guys made this mistake. You guys made that mistake. JB, I can't remember the last time somebody emailed in and said, you know what? Really loved your 6 o'clock newscast. Really loved that story you did. Now, for me, in sports, yes. Like, I ran into Eric Wilson's dad the other day at Lord Fletcher's. Eric Wilson is now in camp with the Seattle Seahawks. Played at Penn State last year. One of their starting offensive linemen was at Harvard before that played at Benilde St. Margaret's, offensive lineman, all right? Mm-hmm. And his dad came up to me and just said, hey, thank you for your coverage of Eric over the years, right? So if it's a family member, you know, I'll, I'll receive some, some positive feedback, right. right? But otherwise, you know, just the guy down the street, like, they just they don't reach out to say, hey, really enjoyed your sports cast on Friday night. Really enjoy this you do, that you do. It's always, you need to work on this. Or, you know, heck, I've gotten, hey, you need to lose some weight. Right? <laughs> oh, hey, man. You have a face for radio. What are you doing on TV? I've gotten all those, right? you got to have thick skin, though, right? right. You need to do. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I, I, laugh. I laugh it off. Heck, I emailed the guy back. I'm like, yeah, I could lose 15 to 20 pounds. <laughs> I don't disagree. <laughs> Work in progress, right? I'm working on it. Right. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, you have fun with it, right? But I'm just saying. Like, 30% of people that you encounter aren't going to like you. So I just, I learned a while ago, JB, you just, you deal with it. So right. I'm sure Kevin has his detractors. I'm positive Kevin Warren has his detractors. I know he has some detractors. I know there are people with the Vikings that are plenty fine that he's no longer over there in Egan. But I'm just telling you, my own personal interactions, which have been limited, but mm-hmm. my own personal interactions, I really like the man, other people that, that know him really well, like, you know, Mark Rosen, others, uh, they've always spoken glowingly about him right. to me. Uh, you know, people with, with the golfers have spoken glowingly about him. So I will trust people that, that I know well that speak very highly of him, and that's where I base, base my opinion of him on. Well, I know that um, he's all for the student-athlete experience. In a lot of ways, I hate that term, but there's no better, I guess, no better way of using it. But, uh, I mean, he's brought in mental health initiatives to the conference, uh, physical, uh, mental health things. He's brought about uh, civil rights things to the conference, um, gender. You know, he's totally for the student-athlete. And not only just about putting money in the athletic department coffers. And he knows that's important, too, because that's a, that's the main way of taking care of these young people is to make sure that, you know, each athletic department is pretty funded because, you know, with NIL and those dollars being split now, because those dollars used to go directly to the athletic department. Now those dollars are being split between either at the athletic department or directly to the athlete. And there are schools that are hurting that way. So now the, the rumor is that this deal is between a billion and a billion five a year, which is a, <laughs> a lot. And you, you had the networks right of uh, 
uh, CBS, who has to replace uh, the SEC, NBC, who wants to get more and more involved, and, you know, Fox, who is the controlling entrance. And um, from what I understand, from what I'm hearing, ESPN didn't really put in a competitive bid. And, I, I, you know, some tells me part of that is, you know, they're, they're soon heavy ties with the SEC. And knowing that they have the ACC so locked up, <laughs> you know, a 35-year contract with the ACC, whoever signed that deal needs to be flogged. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you go no further than five, maybe six years before you sign your next deal. My only concern about not being on ESPN is will they be NHL'd? And what I mean by that is, when the NHL went to Versus and then it became NBC Sports, um, hockey disappeared totally on ESPN. There was no mention on the crawl, nothing. Do you think the ESPN would do that to the Big Ten? Boy, I sure hope not. I'd be shocked if they did. Now, Barry Melrose used to be on at least semi-regularly. Like, they didn't completely dismiss the NHL, but sure, like since they acquired the NHL rights going back to the start of last season, like it's ramped up considerably, right? right. Like every sports center, every every morning show, like you see different hockey recaps, you see highlights galore. Right. Right. So, I mean, I get it. Like ESPN's coverage of the National Hockey League today compared to three years ago, it's night and day. I completely agree on that, but I don't think they completely dismissed it, but I don't know how you would dismiss on a college football Saturday, college game day, the morning show, right? Then, then the, the highlight show at night recapping the day. How would you ignore the Big Ten? Now, instead of going 90 seconds on Rutgers, Illinois, maybe do they instead go 35 or 40 seconds? Sure, right? right. So there might be some examples of something like that, but they're not going, right, J.B.? There's no way. They're not going to completely ignore the Big Ten, right? And, you know, they do, you know, starting in December or January, Jay Billis and, and his people, you know, they do that Saturday morning college basketball show from, from different campuses. Like, if there's a big Big Ten game on a, you know, third Saturday in January, you know, let's say it's, you know, number five Ohio State against number two Michigan State, like, I don't think because they don't have the contract. I really don't. You know, maybe I'm the idiot, JB. Maybe I'll be proven wrong on this. But I have a hard time believing if it's the clear-cut number one game for the day that they would say, you know what, we don't have the Big Ten contract. Thus, we're not going to East Lansing. We're just not doing it. So I just I have a hard time believing that that they would completely ignore right. the, the Big Ten. Well, you know, plus you know, I mean, Kirk Herbstreit still you know, has, has all sorts of power now. Mm -hmm. Is he also doing some NFL stuff now? Yes. Is he he's going he's, to work for ESPN, or is he done with ESPN? No, it sounds like he's going to, for now, he's still going to be a part of the um, game day broadcast, um, but he's going to also do that Thursday night package, which yes, is on Amazon Prime, Prime right? But right. he's still going to do some, some college football commentary on ESPN. So, I mean, I just, I think about his power, 
his Big Ten background, like I just I have a hard time. I'm just telling you, I have a hard time believing as long as Kirk Herbstreit. Well, Desmond is, Howard is, is also of, on the show. Part of their coverage, a big part of their coverage, that they would ignore the Big Ten. Right, and Desmond Howard is also part a part of that show too, a Michigan man. So, absolutely. So yes, but I, it's it's just a fear in the back of my brain, you know, because every once in a while I catch myself watching um, Feinbaum and. He did have to admit that the Big Ten's, and he said even with it not signed yet, the Big Ten's TV media contract will make all others fail in comparison. And that was a shock to me. Yeah. I'll have to go back to one thing you said, that, that there's this belief that ESPN didn't make some sort of competitive offer. I just I wonder how much subjectivity there is to that. Like, what was the offer? You know, I mean, I don't have all the details in front of me, but I'm sure it was hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, so, like, how do we define competitive offer? You know, but, like, you're right. I mean, with ESPN owning the SEC, ECC network, all that, uh, you know, did they have to go all in on the Big Ten? Probably not. Uh, all I know is it sounds like this deal that, that the Big Ten reached I mean, you said the number, right? That, mm-hmm. that it's, I mean, it's absurd, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, so how could you turn that down? <laughs> well, like, and, you couldn't, right? And the other interesting thing that I find about this deal is Fox, NBC, and CBS are going to work together. That goes to show you the power of live sports still to this well, day. Yeah. You know, on regular it's the television. driver. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I've I've got some knowledge, maybe not, you know, a bunch of intimate knowledge, but enough knowledge, you know, just working here at Channel Five, you know, and you know, there's always an excitement when, you know, if the Gophers are playing on ABC, right, and there's an opportunity to maybe sell a pregame show or a postgame show, or I can tell you, September 19th, Vikings at Eagles, Monday Night Football, right, like that's a huge deal, right. In our, in our building, right? That game is only going to be on ABC. It's not being simulcast on NFL Network or ESPN. That Vikings-Eagles game is only going to be on ABC. So in the Twin Cities viewing area, which extends far north, far enough south, west, east, all that, uh, trust me, there are a lot of excited people in the sales department in particular, <laughs> very, very excited about Vikings-Eagles September 19th because right. nothing draws viewership, live viewership, like sports, like live sports, right? I mean, nothing touches it. Uh, there are a number of shows that are popular, but you know now everybody's got the technology, or a lot of people do at least, to, to DVR, to be able to fast-forward through commercials. They watch it later. Right, like I'm, I'm a big fan of Big Brother on CBS. I just like the, the the strategy involved. Right, but I'm like two or three episodes behind. But it's on my DVR, JB. But I'll, you know, I'll go back sometime in the next handful of days. I'll catch up on those episodes. I'm not watching a second of of any commercial. Right, I'm fast forwarding right through. You know, I might notice if if you know Heinz Ketchup or some company's got their logo up or whatever. But I'm not paying attention to the commercials. Right, but like, people want to watch sporting events live. Yeah. Right. So, and you don't want to miss a play, so you're not. You know, some people are going to click a little bit, but 
for the most part, you're not you're not clicking too much, right? So you're you're pretty much locked in on on that station, and so you know it's just it 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 drives everything really from a TV standpoint, like live sports, or at least controls, or you know it's just I see it, I see it, I, I really do. It's uh, it's still you know, last. I had, I had somebody in the building ask me the other day, like you know, as I'm looking at the Gopher football schedule, like what are the chances we we get this game or that game? You know, somebody asked me the other day that Gophers-Badgers game that last week mm-hmm. in November. You know, what are the chances that game's going to end up on, on ABC? Could that, be, could that be a game for the Big Ten West Championship? And I'm like, well, you know, I think the Gophers are going to be pretty good. I, I think the Badgers uh, reload, don't rebuild. Uh, and they have the stud running back back, and they have enough offensive linemen back where, you know, they're probably going to be pretty competitive. I don't have great knowledge of of the Badgers, but, you know, in a year-in, year-out basis, J.B., they're pretty darn good. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, that game's going to probably carry a good amount of, of importance. I told them I don't know if that game will end up on ABC or Fox or right. I'm not quite sure what network. Uh, but, you know, I think it'll probably be an over-the-air uh, network as opposed to, you know, Big Ten Network or FS1 or something like that. You know, I said, hey, you know, good chance it's, it's Fox or ABC. So, yeah, hopefully we do get that game. Uh, whatever that date is, November 27th, November 28th, Camp Randall Stadium. Because uh, I just, I know uh, the possibility of, of live sporting events on, on Channel 5 here for us, it, it, it excites a lot of people, rightfully so, because the numbers are just, they're through the roof. And you, know, you look at the rating, the share, right. the time spent watching, all that. It just, nothing touches local sports. Add revenue, just, man. You know, had revenue. It doesn't. It doesn't. In national sports, too, but I'm just talking right. from a local standpoint here in the Twin yep. Cities. Like, you know, if you go back the 2021 calendar year, if you want to look at the top 10 most viewed TV shows, like, you would have Viking Game, Viking Game, Viking Game. I don't know. Maybe you'd have something else mixed in. You know, I don't remember 2021, you know, well from a, from a you know, American Idol standpoint or, you know, America's Got Talent or some show like that. Uh, but I'm just telling you, like, Viking game, Viking game, Viking game, Viking game. Like, most of the Vikings games would be top ten. If not, the top ten would be all Vikings games. It's just it's the way it is. And I've always said, too, JB, like, when the Vikings have a home game, there's, what, sixty-five or 70,000 people at U.S. Bank Stadium. That's darn near three ratings points. Like, you know, because if, if the Vikings were on the road, those people would be at home watching. Right. But they're going to the game, so they're not watching on TV. But still, even with two or three ratings points at U.S. Bank Stadium, the Vikings still do a number that just nothing touches. Like, we could do, we could do newscasts all day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the combined viewership for like three or four days still wouldn't touch one Vikings game. It's just... It's ridiculous, right? So there's just there's a ton of power in in having in having live sports. There really is. Yeah, live live sports is the last bastion bastion of true drama. Uh, we kind of talked about Notre Dame a little bit. I want to go a little bit further with that. Now with the Big Ten, it sounds like going to be a partner with NBC, and Notre Dame's already there. Do you feel does that make Notre Dame look that way to the conference even more? 
because I would tell people, Google Big Ten versus Notre Dame, and you'll be interested to see how many times back and forth they both gave each other the finger about joining the conference and not joining the conference. But anyway, um, you think that would be the thing that forces them? Or does Notre Dame do, do the Notre Dame thing and run to, like, ESPN and say, hey, we know you got some money because you didn't sign the Big Ten. How about signing us? Well, I don't think it forces their hand, per se. But do I think now with this NBC partnership, it makes it that much more likely? I do. Now, I'm Googling as I'm. I'm talking with you. I'm attempting to, to multitask here, which is always a slippery slope in my right. world. But I see that, that NBC's ties to Notre Dame, the broadcast deal runs out in 2025. Right? So Notre Dame's got a little bit of time to, to figure things out, but not a real long time. No. So, yes, I think yeah, there was a report from CBS Sports in July that Notre Dame is seeking $75 million annually in its next TV rights deal. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm reading through it. I mean, I also think there's appeal to Notre Dame playing Ohio State year after year. Well, Notre Dame playing Michigan know, Penn State. Well, they're, yeah, I mean, they've, they've played Michigan enough and Michigan State, but, you know, just playing, playing Ohio State. You know, because we have that game coming up here in, in a mm-hmm. couple weeks. Uh, wouldn't it be great to see that every single year? And so, yeah, I mean, I, just, I think with the NBC partnership, that's why I just, you know, going back to my, to my original thought that, that it's darn near inevitable, it's because partly because of that, at least, that, that this NBC partnership now with, with the Big Ten and, and, you know, Notre Dame seeking this, this new deal. But, I'm telling you, like, Notre Dame, you know this, J.B., they, they march to the beat of their own drum. And so yes, they plays. do. Like, they're not going to be forced to do anything. Yeah, they're l- right now leaving, like, $30 million on the table by not being a part of a conference football-wise. And it makes no difference yeah. to them. Is it them. that much? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I didn't realize it was that much. Yeah, it makes no – now, with this new TV contract and depending on what they – if they don't get – because they're trying to get the same amount of money that – Supposedly, every Big Ten school is going to get somewhere between seventy-five and a hundred million. If say that they're only going to get fifty million, but they know they could join the Big Ten and increase that by tw- at least twenty-five million, something to think about. Oh, it's definitely something to think about. Like I'm just telling you, like if if I had to bet, and it's not like I'm going on a limb. Like Notre Dame is going to join the Big Ten. <laughs> they just are now. I'm curious after that happens, like, does the Big Ten look at getting to 20 teams? And so if they do, you know, going back to your idea, you know, does does Oregon then enter the mix? Does Washington enter the mix? Like, who else would be in the mix? I would say Oregon. At that point. Oregon and Stanford. And if there's room, Washington. And you call it a day. Because <laughs> what more would I you I mean, would mean? Arizona State? Would Arizona State or Arizona have appeal? They're, I don't think they they are in the AAU that, um, and I'm not talking about the athletic part. I'm talking about the academic AAU. I don't know yeah. if those schools are part of that. And the only one that isn't right now is Nebraska, but they were when they joined the conference. So 
It's a it's a big deal to the presidents in the Big Ten that you come in with that accreditation. So, um, what about uh, you hear a scuttlebutt about football just spinning itself off and just being its own in college football being its own entity? And every time I hear well, that, I go, "Yeah, how is that possible?" When yeah, you, I mean, I haven't heard that buzz. Yeah, right. When the school, you're still playing for a school, so the school has control. You know, you you still you know you're still getting funds from the school and whatnot. And the other thing is, when you're still tied to the school, Title IX will always be there, and yeah. always count against you. But maybe I just don't. Maybe I know too much. Or what's your thoughts? Well, you definitely know a lot, right, just from, from your vast experience, you know, working in an athletic department. So, of course, I mean, you have, you have all sorts of, of knowledge. You're a bastion of, of knowledge. I think football could use a commissioner. could have its own governing board. I think something like that would make sense. But, no, I have, I have not heard of, of a complete split. Like, that would... That would surprise me, right? There still has to be, right? Like, if, if football goes in that direction, I mean, really, how is it, how is it any different than the NFL, really, JB? Right, like, and that's, that's what these pundits want. There's still something to be said about the sanctity of, right. of I agree. college athletics. And, you know, heck, I think the term student-athlete is, you know, it makes me want to vomit at times <laughs> hearing student-athlete. But, but there's I've, something to be said about you know, these, these kids going to school, right. getting an education. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has to be something, right, with, you know, maintaining some tradition. And right. If football splits, like, I just, I think so much would, would change. But how can could I even they? wonder about something like as simple as, like, with the school band. Right. You know, still be, you know, because it would, it would just have this big-time pro feel. But right? how right. could it carry the school's name? And not be a part of the school. Well, that too, right? I mean, yeah, I mean that's, that's at the root of it, right? Right. Like, how can you be? How can you be the Minnesota Gophers, but you operate on on your own accord, right? Or under the the college football umbrella, not a not an actual college athletics umbrella, or under the the Minnesota Gophers athletic department umbrella, right? So, yeah, I mean, there's there's all sorts of things to to rebut you know, on, on that idea. But no, I've not heard that buzz. And I would be, frankly, JB, I would be, I would be shocked. Not a lot shocks me anymore in, in the world of sports, but this one would probably shock me if, if football completely left the control of, of just college athletics as a whole, if it, if it, you know, branched off into, into its own, you know, deal with, with a commissioner and, and all that stuff. And if, if the rules changed, you know, could you start practice earlier? Can you practice longer? If it wasn't really governed anymore by, by the NCAA, like I would be, I would be well, floored if such a thing took place. College football technically is not governed by the NCAA. It's by the playoff committee or whatever it is, which is still the president's, but. Um, sure. But the only sure, way yeah, I, I can guess, see yeah. Sure, only that's, way that's, I can see yeah. them spinning off and having a commissioner is that the NFL steps in, and then it truly does not have any connection with colleges anymore, which would be sad. Because I just 
I have a hard time seeing that happening. I really because do. There, there's a fear right now. We've gone from the Power Five to the Power Two, and the other three that were in the Power Five are going to be uh, playing lesser football, and uh, which will push the MAC down and the 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 Group of Five teams down. The haves and the have-nots that that divide will go even further, and kids will play a couple of years at those schools and then look to transfer because of um, unlimited transfers to join the big two. <laughs> well, we're pretty much at that point anyway, though, on the, on the unlimited transfers. Right. Right. I mean, you know, how many kids are, are, you know, gaining immediate eligibility after being a two-time transfer? Right. You know, I just saw another basketball player the other day. You know, I'm darn near positive Dawson Garcia will be immediately eligible this year for the Gophers, right? He's a two-time transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we're trending toward this anyway, right? That right. You're not even going to have to put in for a waiver, right? That, you know, it's just it's a free-for-all. It's free agency. <laughs> you know, I've said it for a while, but, you know, I'll say it here on the podcast. It's it's free agency in, in college athletics, right? right. And, and where is NIL going? Who exactly is? Is enforcing some of these NIL rules? What exactly are the NIL yeah, rules? Right. Nobody you knows. Know, how does this point guard, Jimmy, how does this point guard from Kansas State, Nigel Pack, end up at the University of Miami? He signs a two-year, $800,000 deal. Mm-hmm. And I don't have all the details in front of me, but that's his name, image, likeness deal. $400,000 a year well, to go play for the Hurricanes? Well, the the inter- the part of that that and, and makes really, it, the Miami the Miami Athletic Department had nothing to do with that. <laughs> well, I was going to say the part that is technically illegal is you can't use it as a recruiting inducement. Now, once the young man gets to the school and you, <laughs> suppose, there's, there's some gray area there, right? <laughs> I know. Supposedly, the way it was supposed to work was once the young man or woman got to your university, then. You could, you couldn't go out and elicit deals for them, but you wouldn't block them, nor would you, you know, and you would kind of guide them with, you know, because like Duke has somebody that used to work for Nike who's now in charge of their NIL for just Duke basketball. Yes, but I still thought the idea was with NIL, you succeed at the collegiate level. Then the payoff happens as opposed to you're this high school athlete and you pick this university because you know, wink, wink, there's some nice NIL deal coming your way. Yeah, go stand next to this car and get $800,000. Well, they did perform what the terms of the contract. The other, yeah, thing, just, <laughs> the other yeah. thing about transfer before I forget is the first couple of years, especially for football, and I don't know about basketball, but for football, 45% of the people who put their name into the portal landed nowhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know, you know, going back and forth, I won't name the name, but somebody with the, the men's basketball program, so they lose a basketball player the other day, Isaiah Enan, to a, to a knee injury. And so I asked, I said, hey, you know, how's, how's the portal look? You know, and this person said, well, there's a lot of names, mm-hmm. <laughs> but anybody that could legitimately help us? No, not really. You know, so, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of names, but you know, 
uh, a bunch of players that, that were not given real good advice, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, you you had a solid place, stay there. You know, unless you know somehow, and there are back channels, like some schools will contact their high school coach and say, hey, is Sam still happy at such and such? If he isn't, we got a spot oh, yeah. for him. Oh, yeah, we know that happens, yeah. Right, but... um in basketball, your sport, Doogie, supposedly recruiting is happening off of each other's campus. Yeah. That is sad. Well, uh, there was a local player that entered the portal, and his dad told me early in the process, don't expect my son to land with the Gophers because through back channels, they just haven't shown interest. And he didn't land here, and so I wasn't surprised. But yeah, we know we know that stuff is happening mm-hmm. left and right. You know, because again, it goes back to the enforcement. Who's really enforcing that? Right. Nobody. Now, I know somebody on the enforcement. I mean, these compliance departments are overrun. I'm sure. Right. I mean, there's just so much going on. Uh, I just don't know how you enforce it all. I really don't. Well. I know someone on the enforcement committee, uh, you know him, but you don't know that he's on the, for- the enforcement committee. And he said he, th- he thought that the NC2A, in a way, uh, turned yellow and ran. He said his thought was he would have continued to fight it through the courts. And, hmm. well, and, and yeah. that would they eventually lose? Yes, but it would have given them more time to have it. Have a freaking game plan or something instead of this madness that they're trying to decipher where the only hope may be the federal government and God help us if the federal government government (laughs) gets involved in in NIL. But that may be the only choice because when, you know, every state's going to be different. You know, one state may listen to the president of the top university in the next State might listen to the basketball, head basketball coach at, the, at in their state. And, you know, you're probably going to get two different opinions on how that should be handled between a coach and a president. Correct. I just, I'm fascinated to see where NIL goes, though. Uh, well, I saw Ryan Day was, was speaking in right. the last month or two to, to a bunch of Columbus area business people. And was the number thirteen million? Mm-hmm. Do I have that number spot on JB? Yes, or you am do. I off by a million or two? No, it was thirteen. Yeah, so Ryan Day suggested to, to some business leaders in Columbus, the Columbus surrounding area, that to maintain his roster moving forward, <laughs> he's looking for essentially right thirteen million dollars. Thirteen from, million dollars from these businesses mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, get these guys signed to these NIL deals and, and keep them on campus, not have them go elsewhere. And you want to know thirteen million. Who were the probably the most unhappy happy people when he said that was his president athletic director because that money wasn't coming into this athletic department's budget. It was going directly yes. to kids. It's correct. That's yep. gonna that's gonna hit the head eventually, but it it may be ten years from now or something. But there's gonna be schools that may have some real financial problems because the money they were getting from boosters is going directly from kids. Uh, Correct. Bef- before, well, like you mentioned, in you know, 10 ahead. years, I mean, 
like think about where we were 10 years ago. Go back to 2012. Think right. about the landscape of college athletics. How much has changed from 2012 to 2022, right? So if we have this conversation again in 2032, think about how much is going to change. <laughs> it's going to be unrecognizable. So um, we, we talked about football and how it affects and how if uh, football is affecting all of this, does it bother you that basketball has absolutely no effect on any of this? Because I know you're a basketball no, man. I realize, yeah, I am a basketball man. Yeah, I mean, although I love the pageantry of, of college football, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a date to take the boys to a game either at Camp Randall or in Iowa City. So we're Great experiences. Potentially, yeah, potentially, and we've been, but... Uh, the younger son hasn't been to Camp Randall, so may take them on October 22nd. Mm-hmm. Boilermakers, Badgers. Good uh, game. So I was already looking at that today, right? right. So, you know, I, I still love a lot of things about college football. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, give me basketball first and foremost. But, no, I, I completely get it, JB. Like, football football is the engine that, that drives it all, right? Like, everything trickles in after that. Like, football is on its own island. And, yeah, basketball is a clear-cut number two, but to me there's a pretty significant drop-off football to basketball. You know, to me, there's not as much a drop-off to, you know, whatever the next sport is. Is it hockey, baseball, uh, whatever it might be? Uh, I just think football is such a king that, yeah, I mean, I I get it. Uh, You know, but as long as the NCAA tournament is still a thing, like, I don't think that's ever going away. You know, maybe they eventually expand it beyond the, the 68. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe we get to 80 or 90 or whatever it might be. Uh, but no, as long as we have March Madness, as long as we have uh, that, that great time, you know, for those three, four weeks, uh, I'm all good on, on the basketball front. You know, and I like the idea of, of maybe even, you know, hopping on a plane and, you know, I assume when the Gophers go play UCLA, USC, it'd probably be a Thursday, Saturday type deal. Right. Or a Friday, Sunday, Sunday, something like right. that. So they'd be out there for two games. Well, that sounds like a pretty fun trip to me. <laughs> you know, take the family out there, at least the boys out there, right? Right. Go spend three, four days in L.A. and, and go watch two Gophers games. Uh, sign me up for, for that. Uh, and, hey, if the Gophers can now, you know, somehow uh, recruit uh, L.A., uh, now I would think some other Big Ten schools will be in front of the Gophers <laughs> yes. uh, in that regard. But, Hey, if you can if you can expand your your recruiting out there, like it goes back to I love UCLA USC joining the Big Ten. Uh, from a basketball standpoint, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm not I'm not jaded or bothered or anything crazy because you know football football runs everything and and my sport basketball you know slots in somewhere thereafter. No, I I completely get it. I do. And uh, people have to understand, when you bring in schools from a different part of the country, that opens up recruiting uh, territory for all the schools in that conference. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I can, I can promise you, uh, you know, the, the so-called blue bloods, although is Indiana still a blue blood? Indiana not a blue blood. <laughs> Michigan State, probably mm-hmm. a blue blood. Yeah. Uh, although I do wonder how much longer Tom Izzo wants to do this, but I'm sure he's thought about that that possibility of of expanding his his recruiting out to the out to the West Coast. I'm I'm pretty darn sure of that. But I'm sure others have as well. I'm 
sure Holtman in in Columbus, Painter in West Lafayette. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure McCaffrey's had some thoughts. I'm sure they've all had some thoughts. I haven't talked to anybody with the Gophers, but how would you not be thinking about, hey, you know, with with these two giant schools joining and and you know the Big Ten having a presence now in, in Southern California? Yeah, let's let's get out there and, and do some recruiting. Um. Kind of talked about it a little bit, but I just want to make sure my listeners hear me loudly on this topic. Um, we we kind of talked about NIL and the biggest uh, gainers are basically the top 1% of college football players, you know, who are the same guys who will be in, in, in the NFL soon. But oddly enough, behind that is, young women because they know how to manipulate um, social media better, which I found, found very interesting to find and want people to understand that anything as all this is going on and the, the the fur is flying. um, Title nine will always be in the back of these commissioners mind. Cause I hear these pundits on the radio talk like, they can make Title IX disappear. And Title IX is a federal law. And all these schools get federal money. They can't make that law disappear. Oh, it's not disappearing. And hey, we've seen some shocking things occur in this country, right, <laughs> in the last even six months. But I, I don't see Title IX going anywhere. Right? But you're right about, about women. Like, think about the, the twins, the Cavender twins, right, mm-hmm. from Fresno that, that hey, uh, ended up in Miami, right? Like Nigel Pack, right? So right. I haven't seen the details of, of what the Cavender twins got, uh, but I know how they own social media. There's some gymnasts that, that kick serious tail in, in that regard. And, Paige Beckers. Yeah, I was going to say Paige. Her, tearing her ACL, but, mm-hmm. you know, Paige locally. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of women doing very, very well on the NIL front. Yeah, I just, you know, my, my last 10 years of – Gopher sports was spent with softball and soccer and, you know, just see the influence of those young women, um, especially softball. It's uh, gaining fast and <laughs> popularity, you know, after basketball and football. It's it's pretty up there as far as college sport that's watched on television. So let me... In things with this and uh, one doogie, and it's one where every time I hear one of these knuckleheads on one of these networks, even Dan um, Dan Patrick talks about it, and one of his knuckleheads <laughs> actually said, and this wasn't what I was going to bring up, but I have to tell you this: the Big Ten would be better off getting North Dakota State than Rutgers. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, I heard them talking the other day about, you know, overseas soccer, some sort of, you know, they were joking, I think, but the relegation run with it for a couple of minutes about relegation. That's and, what I was going to you know, bring up to State you. Play its way into the big game. Right. And, you know, they, they were having some fun with that, but no, 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 no. Give me, How give me Rutgers, even though we can debate, you know, what sort of presence Rutgers has in, in New York City, right? Because uh, I'm not convinced it's it's vast, uh, but there is some sort of presence they have there. Well, uh, but no, give me give me 
It's not even close. Give me Rutgers over North Dakota State, <laughs> always. Well, not only that, not only Rutgers, but all the other Big Ten alumni that lives in New York that watch. Correct. You know, that's big numbers. So I mean, people miss that. Now, point. there are plenty of Bison alumni scattered throughout Minnesota, right. the upper Midwest. I'm not diminishing, you know, what they've accomplished. I mean, heck, uh, I'd love to see the Gophers play North Dakota State again, right? But that's not going to happen anytime soon. Oh, no. Right? What can so, the Gophers gain from, from I was playing just, just like I'd like to see the Gopher men's basketball program play St. Thomas. But what is there to gain? Right, like you can only lose right in a scenario like that. If you win, you're uh, supposed to. We can to. debate that, but but right. I understand where where Ben Johnson is coming from when he says, "Really, what what can I gain?" And, and hey, John Tower's my guy, but really, what can I gain in a Gopher St. Thomas matchup? Uh, what can the Gophers gain in a football matchup at North Dakota State? But I'd love to see it, right? Like <laughs> North Dakota State deserves all sorts of credit, but no, if you're asking me, Rutgers versus North Dakota State for the Big Ten. It's Rutgers, and I don't even think it's that close. Right. Well, and if they even played each other nine times out of ten, it would probably, or eight times out of ten, it would probably be Rutgers winning the game. It may be close, but I don't know about that. I just uh, it with, might be more five and five. Nah, especially with the head coach they have right now at Rutgers. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's shifting a little bit. Right. But, uh, but I just, yeah, I mean, it's certainly not 10-0. <laughs> the, the relegation talk just makes me puke because, you know, <laughs> what, what school is going to vote for this program knowing that there's a possibility that they're going to be relegated? I mean, that would be just stupid. Correct. Now, I will tell you this much. I love the idea of releg- relegation in pro sports. Yeah. I'd love to see something implemented, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, some of these, some of these organizations that have failed miserably for so long, right, yeah. the Pirates and, and some others, right? If, if relegation was on the line, uh, I can guarantee you they would approach things differently, right? Yeah. And, you know, maybe the Pirates aren't the greatest example right now because I actually love a bunch of their young players, so they're going to be good pretty darn soon. But you, you got the Jays. Right? So this long play of, of this rebuild, right. it looks like it's going to pay off at some point. Certainly not the rest of this year, you know, and I don't think as soon as next year, but maybe 2024 or 2025. But, like, imagine if, if the Pirates were facing relegation, how that would change how they do things. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not anti that idea. I don't think it's ever coming to professional sports here in America, but I love – I love how they do it with soccer. But as long as they don't touch my college sports, I don't care. I would just find it to be stupid. Just a, just yeah. a stupid, asinine ideal. And, I, and I'm going to be honest it's with you. It's not college <laughs> You know that, JB. It's not. It's not Every time, I, no matter who the commentator is or whose show, as soon as they bring it up, I shut it off. It's like, <laughs> this is the dumbest waste. It's the, I put it on the same level as... Who's on your Mount Rushmore? Meaning, I got nothing to talk about, so let me talk about well, yeah, this. The Mount Rushmore is, is the <laughs> ultimate sports talk radio <laughs> cliche. Right? Because it's an arbitrary number, too. It's like, why does it have to be four? Right. Because right? of Mount Rushmore? Well, why can't it be three or five or six or seven? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, we obsess over lists, though. Right? I mean, there's a reason it, it's, it's cliche, but 
it also drives audiences at times. I mean, we see it heart of the summer all the time, ranking the top quarterbacks, ranking the the top teams in the Western Conference. I just saw a list the other day in the NBA that that created some some ruffles with, with some Wolves fans. You know, some list had the Wolves sixth or seventh. And I'm like, it's one list. Who cares? Right. <laughs> you know, it's one person's opinion. Who really cares? We know the Wolves should be pretty good. Like, it doesn't matter if somebody ranks them seventh on August 4th. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, but people people obsess over that. Uh, so I'm telling you, it drives audiences. I don't necessarily get it. I don't really care about I don't one person's list, but people <laughs> do care. So... I get why people do it, put it that way. Well, let me end my time with you with this question. Are you over it yet, Doogie? I'm talking about Sunday's call. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to write on Twitter, Minnesota, get over it. Hey, what? Yeah. It's not a playoff game. It's not the seventh game. You would have thought it was the seventh game of the World Series. You got Judd who wants to change, basically change baseball because this rule is archaic and stupid. <laughs> well, it is. It is. It is a weird rule. I mean, when when my guy Timmy Cheetah was confused on on Sunday night, when I'm texting with Timmy, who's on a golf trip right now, otherwise I would have connected with him in person about it. Uh, you know, when when Timmy's confused, you know, it 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 speaks uh, volumes in my mind. Uh, but, hey, the Twins still had a chance at the bottom of the 10th, did they not? Right. Like, that was my thing. It wasn't the ultimate decider. No. Uh, I mean, I'll give you another thing like that, that baffled me this week, this, this hubbub about Jerry Kill was going to go speak at Dunkers. Oh, I know. Like, I just, I, would I have suggested the idea? No. If I ran Dunkers, my understanding is Dave Mona was behind all this, okay? If I were Dave Mona, would I have invited Jerry Kill to speak to my Dunkers group on Thursday morning, September 1st? the day of Gophers, New Mexico State? No. Like, what for? You know, he's going to come in and say he wants to kick the Gophers' ass. Right. I've got a Gophers-centric <laughs> audience. Right? That's my clientele. So why would I have Jerry kill but there's like, a there's a lot of but, those guys. But like this, this, this hubbub about <laughs> this is the worst thing ever, Pitchfork Nation, all that. I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. But there's, there was enough... There was enough backlash. Well, guess, guess what? Jerry now is no longer speaking on September right. 1st. So. Well, but there's a <laughs> lot of guys on the duck, in the Dunkers who love Jerry Kill. Let's face it. Oh, I know. They do. And they always will. And they, yeah. t- and they turn, even though they support the Gophers and whatnot, they turn a side eye to a lot of the crap that comes out of PJ's mouth. Oh, I think there's, I think there's truth to that. But you still want PJ to come speak to your group. You still would like some others with the Gophers to come speak to your group, so that's why you don't have Jerry, right? I mean, if I were PJ, I would say, okay, yeah, Jerry, uh, you don't need me any anymore. You don't need my offensive coordinator anymore. You don't need Mark Coyle anymore. So that's why I would not have invited him. But did I think it was, like, the worst thing ever? <laughs> no, it, it, it didn't strike me as, as all that bad. <laughs> it didn't, but, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's the world we live in now, JB, right? Well, you know, everybody's gonna get angry. Everybody's gonna gonna have this, you know, hot take and this and that. But I'm just telling. You, I mean, I would not have invited him. You know, I, I wouldn't have. But like, you know, I would say let's let's move on. I, I know Jerry. In fact, a lot of what he said was was in a radio interview with me. Right. Right. On on 1500 ESPN at the time, which is now Score North. Right. That that 
you know, he was he was pissed off. He would never step foot on the Minnesota campus again. Uh, you know, a lot of that stuff was with me. And I'm like, let's just move on. You know, time to move on. You know, Jerry's had how many jobs since those I know. comments? Like, you know, Jerry's on like his sixth job since those comments. Let's just time to move on. He's been a coordinator. He's been an AD. He's been a he's been an assistant yeah, head coach. I mean, he was at, he's been he an intern head coach. He was at Rutgers. He was at Kansas State. He was at Southern Illinois. He's at New Mexico. State. He's had a lot of jobs since those comments in 2015 or 2016. So. Well, Somebody, That's one thing I'm I'm ready to get over. Let's right. just let's just move on, you know. Somebody, I don't want to say out of sight, out of mind. I wish Jerry all the best as a cancer survivor, everything right. he's been through, with with his seizures and everything. Uh, but in my mind, let's just let's just move on from Jerry. <laughs> Somebody said they kind of questioned his loyalty when uh, they fired the guy down at TCU, and he stepped in to be the interim. <laughs> it's like I yeah. thought you guys were tight buddies. <laughs> well, you couldn't I mean, I wait. wonder if him and Gary had a conversation. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, like, did he take that job on an interim basis for those couple weeks without Gary Patterson's blessing? I mean, Gary was in his wedding party. I'd That's like why think. I'm asking that. Although, who knows? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I'm just saying. I like to think that Jerry would have run that by Gary, but who knows? Maybe he didn't, you know. <laughs> I still, like, uh, I still, you know, I'm still a Jerry. I'm still shocked that, that Jerry's doctor gave him the blessing to go be a head coach again. I know. Like, I, I sincerely wonder about Jerry's health. I mean, I really do. I mean, right. You know, his his team's going to get their butt kicked here. I don't think this will be another Bowling Green fiasco. I mean, uh, the point spread is thirty something points. I imagine the Gophers win by thirty or forty points. Well, they won't right? be. I, mean, I would imagine the Gophers <laughs> spank them badly. Uh, how is Jerry going to handle? Loss after loss like that. They also have a game against the Badgers. Uh, New Mexico State's going to lose a lot of games and probably lose a few by by a lot of points. I just I don't know how Jerry's going to handle it all. But what do I know? What do I know, JB? I mean, you know, his doctor gave him the blessing. So right. you know, if the doctor gave him the blessing, I guess go ahead and do it. But uh, man alive, I just I worry. I worry for the man. Well, the key thing is Doogie. They won't be wearing orange and white. So. Uh, we'll probably win that game because that's the two games we lost last year that we should have won for Bowling Green and Illinois. Illinois, The day that you and I were taping the first um, podcast. Don't bring up bad memories. That was the last time I was on the podcast. I remember that. Yeah, you're right. Thanks for bringing up those bad memories. It's giving you updates of us losing. (laughs) So. All right, yeah. Doogie. Well, right, well JB, I always appreciate the conversation. Always I appreciate you. You know, I, uh, I got your back anytime you need me. So sure. happy to always do it. And uh, you want to let people know where they can find you and see you? Sure. Uh, Channel 5 here in the Twin Cities or Channel 45, you know, regularly on. I mean, no set time, but I'm on on a, on a pretty regular basis. I join Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey on Score North Tuesdays, Thursdays do my own podcast called the scoop podcast, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. Just produced a new episode the other day on Twitter. D Wolfson KSTP at D Wolfson KSTP. All right, my man, thank you. And I do get a little upset the way that Phil Mackey treats you sometimes, but that's just me. No, no, no. (laughs) Phil and I go, Phil and I go, go way back, right? Like, you know, I've I've got all the 
I've got all the deep dark secrets about Phil, right? I know where all the all the skeletons are buried. So trust me, anything that that you hear or see is is always good natured. There's there's zero bad blood. Okay, just wondering. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Okay, take it easy, JB. Appreciate yep. you having me on. Take it easy. Yep. Bye. Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. Here are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air conditioning as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast and prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to JB Low Tech Podcast. Today's guest was Darren Doogie Wilson of Channel 5 KSTP Sports here in Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Uh, also, he has the Scoop Podcast, and he can be heard on Score North Radio here in the Twin Cities, or you can go online and find him. But I want to thank Doogie for coming on, and... I purposely played that song, You Dropped a Bomb on Me, because to get back to an early part of our discussion, Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten, dropped a bomb on college sports about a month ago, bringing in USC and UCLA, get some backlash for it, but it's a master stroke, and Kevin's about to drop another one on college sports. Um with the new contract that the big media contract, the big 10 is going to sign for six, seven years, averaging about a billion to a billion five a year for its school. So in the conference office, I'm a big 10 man. I wear that as we call it, the kindergarten logo, the B one G logo with pride when I can. And I, really endorse Kevin and his actions. And I think he gets a lot of unwarranted heat for one decision that was forced upon him. And as I stated earlier, there might be some other uh, circumstances that um, people were just being people. So (laughs) with that, uh, I want to thank you again for listening to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. can be found on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and other podcast outlets. 
Also, if you want to send me a question or a guest ideal or uh, a sponsor, jb780 at comcast.net. jb780 at comcast.net. And that's spelled J-A-Y-B-E-E 780 at comcast.net. Well, again, thank you for listening. Enjoy your week and your weekend. And remember to tell a friend about the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB is my name, and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. Right on. Negro, black, African American, black, black, black. Django, JB. Damn, Dolomite. Great card in heaven, you know. JB. Our great Negro sex machine.